Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we are chatting with my two friends, uh, John Sanders and Les Hughes. They're both pastors, and they run a group called Entree Pastors that I jump in and help them uh, with because, uh, you know, this is on my heart. I love helping pastors, love helping folks in ministry. And so it's a play on the words, entrepreneurial pastors And so they run a group that helps pastors create side income so they can support their family. And so in this episode, we talk about some of the problems right now in the church and how pastors um, who are just not able to make ends meet, they don't know what to do. And uh, I think Les said about 1,500 churches a month are shut down, pastors quit, and finances are a big reason why. And so they are trying to tackle that. And so if you are a pastor and you are looking for a way to make extra money, check them out. They have an awesome group. I'm honored to be a part of it. And we want to help you create side income that um, allows you to do what you were called to do. And some of the things that uh, we have pastors doing in that group are, you know, building service businesses, selling on Amazon and eBay, uh, creating podcasts and, and courses and writing books based on the content that you're already preaching on Sunday. So there's so many different ways to make this work. And we want to help you. But in this episode, so even if you're not a pastor, you're going to get a lot out of this because we talk about things like how to determine your path, how to determine how you're wired in order to, to decide what business good to go down, um, how to uh, get over the mindset of charging for your services, and just so much more. This is an awesome episode. These are great guys who have an awesome heart, and you're going to love it. Here's my interview with John and Les. John, Les, welcome to Streams of Income. Good to have you guys. Hey, Ryan. Thanks, man. Thank you. Glad to be here. Very rarely do I have two guests at one time, so this is really cool. So we'll see how this goes. This is fun. It's enjoyed to get to hear two perspectives, and you guys are working together, so this will be fun. Yeah. Good luck getting the word in, Ryan. You got, you know, that's right. Pastors, that's okay. So. That, I, you know what? I'd rather hear your story. I mean, most people hear me talk enough. So this is about my guests. Most of the time, I last couple episodes have been solo, but I, I love having guests on because I love hearing people's stories, how they got started in business and what they're doing. And you guys are both pastors. So who wants to go first to kind of jump into, well, I guess we'll talk about each of your stories individually and then how they have converged. And now you guys are working together on the entree pastor stuff, which is really cool. And I'm honored to help you with that. Go ahead, go John, ahead, jump in, man. Oh, we're so kind. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll, I'll go first. So yeah. Like the chipmunks. Oh, no, you first. No, you first. All right, fine. I'll go first, Les. So, hey, uh, I grew up in ministry. Ryan, my dad, was a pastor uh, uh-huh. even before I was born. So I had a really good experience as a pastor's kid, but I definitely knew it was not what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. Um, I had plans to play professional football, and those turned into firefighting instead. So right. I went into firefighting. God messed up all those plans, called me into pastoral ministry. So I'm really giving you the abbreviated version, but my family and I left the fire service to go into uh, church planting. We moved to rural South Dakota, planted a church, 
uh, led it for about 17 years. And then mm. um, somewhere in that process, I launched a podcast for rural church leaders called the Small Town, rural, uh, Small Town Big Church Podcast. Yeah, And uh, God just has used that to open doors of opportunity to speak and influence and, and build relationships with small mm-hmm. town and rural church leaders all across the country. Yeah. So in 2020, I transitioned into more of a business that is serving pastors. I launched a professional coaching business. Yeah. And um, in that process of just my own personal growth and development and being in a coaching relationship, I met Les. And uh, so I can let him share a little bit of his story. But he and I quickly, as we got to know each other, discovered we had a heart for pastors mm. and for business. And that then kind of led to the platform that we launched this past year. So let's jump in and mm. share your story. Okay. Well, the, the major thing that we have in common is that I've been putting out fires for about 30 years as well, but <laughs> in the con- different kind of fire, different kinds of know, fires, in the context yeah. uh, of the local church. So, um, now we we uh, John and I did meet in a in a mastermind that we're in and, and knew some of the same people, including yourself, Ryan, um, mm-hmm. and and um, so we just learned real quickly we were kindred spirits. And you know, for the most part, over the last uh, few decades, man, I've really been spoiled. I I know a lot of pastors. We both do, and have heard their stories. And anytime we work with people, you know, no, none of us are perfect, right? We all have our, our places that are uh, a little bit broken and, um, and that's why we need the Lord, right? And mm-hmm. that's why we need um, his redemption. Yeah. And even those people that are redeemed sometimes though, um, we've still got flaws and, and blind spots. And so over the years, the, the large majority of my experiences in the local church have been amazing just incredible way better than i deserve but there there were a few places along the way where you know the flesh comes out and people do sometimes what pe- what we do you know and especially when we it, there were a couple of occasions where where income and and wealth and a paycheck was actually used as a, as leverage or resource against me and at some point in time if someone works with people is even even serving in the local church those things can happen too yeah. and so as my platform began to grow and and some influence began to grow i just also began to learn that the the context of the local church where a person actually serves is only one outlet and one platform to express the gifts god gives us yes. and so the lord began to open up some more doors for me to do that Long story short, that also turned into some business opportunities, and then I started having pastors that were coming to me asking for uh, mentoring or coaching in terms of church leadership, and then over into the marketplace as well. Um, Before I went into full-time ministry, I was a grocery store manager, so (laughs) that kind of gets in your blood, and I I love some things about the marketplace, Just but my primary calling has has been in the context of the local church, and now those worlds have sort of come together in uh, Entree Pastors, and you've leaned into our community, Ryan, um, which John and I are most grateful for, and... um, and and so we appreciate you giving us a chance to share what that platform is like and and how we want to serve these pa- pastors and people with a ministry background. What is Entree? Who is Entree Pastors for? Who do you guys feel like is a perfect fit for that? And tell me more about that group. 
Yeah. So the word entree pastors is kind of the blending of the word entrepreneur and pastor. So it's not just for pastors. It's really for entrepreneurial pastors. And, and it's not also limited only to pastors. We, we have people in our audience that are, you know, leaders in the church, have a heart for God's kingdom, but really do love that, that space of being an entrepreneur and, and in the marketplace like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our avatar, if you will, our primary, uh, the, the person that's in, in our scope is that pastor that is probably struggling a little bit financially, which I believe uh, includes the majority of pastors that mm-hmm. they're, they're not bringing home a very large salary from the church, and they are 100% dependent upon that one local church for mm-hmm. their family's main source of income, only mm-hmm. source of income. So the the Entree Pastors platform, you know, we have a podcast that we put out every week where we mm-hmm celebrate the stories of pastors that are doing great in pastoral ministry, but also Mm -hmm. in the marketplace. And we want to share their stories as examples for other pastors to learn from, to be inspired by, and to know, you know what, it is possible to do multiple things, to wear multiple hats, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. I have permission to thrive financially and to actually, Mm -hmm. you know, have multiple streams of revenue coming into my family. I think it does a lot for that pastor's family. I honestly think mm-hmm. it does a lot for the church when a pastor can just lead boldly and not be yes. tied 100% to that being their J-O-B and their their one source of income. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. Do you feel like there's, um how many, I mean, I'm interested in, in some statistics as far as like how many pastors preach at a church where it's barely, you know, they're not like getting rich. They're not, they're just barely making ends meet. Any idea of on the number, you know, nationally, what that's like? I'll let John weigh in uh, on maybe in his world, but as far as I don't know those statistics, I don't, I don't know that they're quite out there, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do know one, and that is that about 1500 a month are leaving. Wow. The the ministry. What's the purpose? What's the big reason for that? You guys think? Some of them, of course, are are retiring, but yeah. many of those that we hear from anecdotally either get to the point where they're completely burned out in that yeah. in that pressure and grind of that week in, week out. They get to a point where they're just burned out. A lot of them live in isolation, Ryan, which uh-huh. I think contributes a lot to it. They they yeah. feel alone, although they're certainly not. And that's actually one of the reasons that we wanted to start our community yeah. is to let these pastors know that they certainly are not alone. Right. But if you can appreciate this, really the only person who completely can understand what it's like to sit in that chair is the person that's done it. That's yeah. that's no disrespect to people in different leadership capacities, sure. but I've just heard it over and over again from people who were on the outside looking in for a while. And then once they were in that chair, they'll say something like, you know, something I had no idea. Mm. Yeah. I would just add to that to answer your question, Ryan. I don't. I also don't have a, a hard and fast number, a statistic. Sure. But in my community, especially where I have uh, been focusing primarily on small church pastors and uh-huh. small town and rural pastors, yeah, I would say it is the majority of pastors that yeah. are struggling financially, that wow. are just barely getting by. It is not an uncommon profile whatsoever to have a pastor that is considered full-time, uh, employed by their church with a $30,000 a year salary, maybe wow. 35, maybe mm. 40, but they're, they're supporting a family on that. They, they yeah. are you know, being offered a church parsonage, which in many cases isn't really a blessing because they're not really building <laughs> an asset 
um, to mm. for their future in terms of buying their own home, and and they have to live with you know seventies paneling in the parsonage or whatever. <laughs> I'm and here's where it really gets ugly yeah. is in many cases it's not uncommon for those churches to say, hey, pastor, because you are our full time employee, we actually forbid you from pursuing an income beyond wow. the church. And so if you were to ask, you know, of those 15 to 1700 pastors that are leaving ministry every month, the, the statistics mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. I would contend the majority are not leaving healthy. They're, they're leaving utterly beat up, discouraged, oh disillusioned, feeling like failures. And yeah. if you were to say what's behind that, I, 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 two of the big things that I point to, one is the financial pressure. That is a real yes. pressure that pastors are under. The other is is a leadership structure. We're not. I'm not going to take the time to unpack that on this show. But it's <laughs> to simply put it, many churches are structured in such a way that the pastor is not really the leader, mm. um, and the bylaws support a power family or a structure to where the one who they look to for leadership isn't actually given permission to lead. Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. But I work with yeah. uh, some churches and pastors helping them change that leadership structure. Yeah. But the financial thing is a very real pressure. Yeah. Ryan, if I could put it in a, a yeah, different way, I'll hundred percent amen everything that John said in terms of the tangibles of uh, the, the lifestyle of these pastors, what that translates into is they might not ever say, Hey, you know, I, there's just not enough. Um, there's, there's not enough money for the month, you know, mm-hmm. but what, what the reality of their life is they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. They have yep. virtually no savings. If, a, if a catastrophic, catastrophic event or an emergency were to happen, they'd have to go, they'd have to either borrow the money or put it on a credit card or go yeah. to their church with their hat in their hand, something like that. They just don't have it. Yeah. Uh, they don't have any savings for college educations for their children. If they're that age, they probably couldn't uh, drop the money that would take just to take it. What, what most people would consider a, a normal frugal family vacation. Many of them mm-hmm. cannot do that. So just mm-hmm. the things that, it, and they don't live in financial freedom. That's the bottom line. Yeah. They don't live in financial freedom. And that's, that's a kind of stress that in addition to the, the needs, trying to meet the needs of the, of the folk that God called you to shepherd, mm-hmm. it's just, that's not a, that's not a healthy life to live. And we're, right. we're doing what we can to help change it. And, yeah. and if I can jump in, see, Ryan, yeah. I told you, you you're not no, going to get a word good. in edgewise. <laughs> I just want to have a discussion. And I want, obviously, I want you guys to share what's on your hearts. I have some other, I would definitely want to get into some of the stories that you guys have seen, some pastors, and obviously go down the road of what are some things they can do to get out of that. But yeah, no, just, yeah. just run with it. I guess I just want to tag on to, to what Les is saying there, that one of the big things of our message to pastors is that thing that Les just described, 100% spot on for the average pastor. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's exceptions. Yeah. Um, but what we want them to know is that that narrative is not a God-given narrative. For far right. too long, we have accepted in the church this idea that because I'm obedient to God's calling upon my life to preach the gospel and be a full in full-time ministry, I'm using air quotes because I think we're all called to full-time ministry, but yes. since since you're in a professional role as a pastor, what also comes along with that is just a lifestyle of not enough, a lifestyle mm. of scarcity, and everyone seems to be okay with that. I'm not okay with that anymore. Mm. I'm done with that narrative, and, and right. that is a big part of our message. We're setting pastors free from that. That's yes. not from God. You know, we right. can change the culture that has helped create that 
environment, but that starts by changing our own thinking about it and leading pastors into a much healthier place. Yeah. Why is it okay for a business owner such as myself? Nobody's going to be upset if I have a really nice house, really nice car, a lot of money in the bank. But if we start talking about a pastor having that, it's like, whoa, something's wrong here. You know, big red flags. Why is that a big deal? I mean, I don't, I don't see, I've never, I've never thought a pastor should be poor. In fact, I think I want my pastor to be prosperous. I I want them to be able to have the freedom to live a great lifestyle, have the freedom to be in the word, hear from God, not have that financial stress hovering over them. And I want them to be blessed because it's, I know my grandfather was a pastor. I know it's not an easy life. I mean, it's, uh, you're, you're on call all the time. And so that should not come with you know, a measly paycheck where you're trying to, you're struggling to feed your family. That's crazy. Preach it. And Ryan, to that, I would just say, I'm not mad if a church is in a place where they, they financially cannot sure. bless their pastor. That's not my issue. Right. What Les and I are not saying is, hey, the church needs to pay the pastor more. I mean, maybe in some no. cases, sure. But sure. where we're at is we want to see pastors set free to be able to have a foot in the marketplace where yes. they can take a little bit of that, um, you know, into their own hands and and really provide for their own family through the mm-hmm. other gifts and passions and talents that God has given them. Mm-hmm. And just, we, we just want them to know you have permission to do that. You don't need yeah. the permission of a board or a denomination. Like you can serve God yes. and, and be a pastor and you can also serve others in ministry in the marketplace and mm-hmm. thrive at the same time. It's good yeah. to do that. Yeah. John, one of our, our, our mutual friends, Tyson Priest, who has a small church in rural Indiana, follows you and is a close friend of yours. He and I have talked about this before. What's the, um, and this is a big part of it, I'm sure, what's the, the statistic nationally for people, Christians that tithe? Is it like 8% or something like that that I've heard, Tyson? And Man, I you're, talk? you're being generous. I've heard like really? 3%, oh 3% of Christians actually tithe. You know, um, wow. it's it's low, whatever the number is. It's not well, That's a big part of the problem right there. Like if we expect, like I don't expect to go to Chick-fil-A and get a free sandwich, you know, you know, so when they, they give out coupons. So, <laughs> but for the most part, you go out to eat, you pay, you put, you pay yeah. the waitress, you tip her. And uh, it seems like most of the time, you know, a lot of Christians just go to church and they're just tipping God. They, you know, here's five bucks. It just, whatever's in my pocket. And I can tell you guys, and I, I'm sure you can attest to this too. I, my life would not be anywhere. My business would not be anywhere. If I wasn't a tither, it's just, it's, I, I it's the, one of the most important things in my life. When I trust God with my finances, then he opens doors that no man can shut. And Malachi 3.10, you know, he opens up the store, opens up heaven and pours out a blessing that you don't have room enough to contain. So that's a big problem right there. If Christians aren't tithing, then churches don't have the money. So it's not necessarily about the church leadership, not paying the pastor. It's the people come to church, not, you know, not doing what they should be doing. And it's a blessing to tithe. It's not a, uh, it's not a have to, it's like, I get to, I get to do this. Amen. Yeah. So, wow. What's the size of church? Like, and is like, as far as being able to, do you know the answer? And it's just, just for me, just thinking out loud here, like the size of church where a pastor is like, be able to, they're able to support their family. Is that a, is there a certain number that t- is the tipping point? If you have a church of this size, you're able to pretty much, you know, live off of what, what comes in. Yeah, there's really not a certain number or average attendee. Some of it depends upon where in the world or where in the, in yeah. our context, where in the nation it is. Sure. A church of uh, a church of 150, for example, in the South 
where there traditionally there are there are more of the congregation that's uh, that are that are tithers or givers. Uh-huh. Again, that's a that's a pretty broad paintbrush stroke, but it is true uh-huh. statistically. I mean, so a church of 150 or 200 in the South could probably afford more of a, a what we would consider a full time salary. Where a church in the Northwest okay. or or where where um, there's not as strong a tradition of that may struggle a little bit more. So yeah. normally though, I would say, you know, on average, a church that gets up to two to 300 could afford um, some type of full-time salary or some benefits for a pastor. Sure. Would you agree with that, John? It's not always true, but. Yeah. And and I would say from my experience, I mean, even a church of a hundred, it's not uncommon to see them having what they call a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where maybe I have a little bit of an issue and say, well, what you're calling a full-time salary I would actually look at that and call it a part-time salary. And again, not mad that you're not able to provide more, but then let's let's help that pastor understand. I don't care if you're in a big city, a rural mm-hmm. area, a, a wealthy area, a poor area, because of the internet and what it has allowed for us to do, pastor, we can use the same gifts that God has given you or the yes. message that he's put within you. And we can help you find a way to monetize that and to serve other people far beyond the four walls of your church building yeah. or the region, you know, the borders of your community. Mm-hmm. We can help you build a business around that where you're still in ministry, still serving people, mm-hmm. but uh, getting paid a little bit better than what you're used to in just the pastoral ministry. Absolutely. Let's think about some wisdom stories off the top of your head as some guys in your group or people that you know that are doing this. They're pastors and they are also building or have built businesses that have allowed them to kind of not be so dependent on the church salary. Yeah. I'll give you one that comes uh, to mind right away. And then Les, you can jump in, but there's a, a guy and I guess, I'm, can I say names? Is it okay? To yeah. Name names? Uh, fine with me. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Well, there's a guy that uh, came to me in, in, in a coaching relationship. His name is Jody Pastore. He's an awesome pastor out in uh, West Virginia. Pastors, a growing church has a huge passion for the church and for the gospel but he's also what I would call a serial entrepreneur. I mean, he doesn't just have a business. He has like multiple businesses that he has owned and operated and has be, and been very successful in business. And, you know, and by the way, like we, as we get to know pastors like this, we're uh-huh. finding more and more of them that are actually doing really well. Yeah. We just don't ever hear their stories because we never celebrate them. We never right. hold them up. And, and cause you know, like you were saying earlier, Ryan, it's, people expect you to do well as a business owner. They have no issue with you thriving, but Mm -hmm. the average pastor, even Jody probably can't walk into his church and go, guys, I just had the greatest month ever in my business, man. Mm -hmm. We just had a $50,000 month or a, Mm -hmm. you know, I just made a hundred thousand dollar sale over here. Like that's generally not going to be celebrated by the average church attender when they hear that coming out of their pastor's mouth. So we want to create a community where yeah. we're taking stories like Jody's and the ones Les is getting mm-hmm. ready to share and just say, look, this is okay and it's normal and we know guys that are Absolutely. doing it. We can help you do it. Yeah, what type of, I, I know he was actually a guest on my podcast. You want to talk, what's um, for those that haven't heard that episode, what business is he in and what what kind of things are, are he doing? Is he doing yeah, on the side? His main bread and butter currently is a, a pressure washing business, but he's spun off so many things out of that from landscaping to painting to uh, covid uh, disinfecting to, um, you know, contracting, like he's got a number of things and certainly he's bought and sold other businesses over the years too, but that's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. There were some other yeah, guys. And, and you know, yeah, go ahead. 
less? There are there are guys that that fall into several different categories, and right now we we focus on about three different paths. So yeah. one is the more of an informational path or space where uh, a pastor can actually take the content that they've developed over probably years, if not decades. And they, they literally, you know, with, with some modifications, they can put that content in the form of podcasts or uh, blog posts or even, even books, more long form. And uh, we've got a, a, a man in our world by the name of John Stange that actually has mm-hmm. a system where he's very prolific, a prolific author. I think his podcast has over 6 million downloads now, probably in the time that he's done it. And he's really just, really just getting started and continuing to build that. That's kind of the informational path. Yeah. And then there, uh, along with that, there are mastermind groups and, and coaching or mentoring, uh, right. We have another man in our community named Ryan who pastors a rural church in Indiana. Mm-hmm. He also runs, mastermind groups in the educational system he's oh, wow. uh, a, a educational background mm-hmm. and he had for a long time he's earned way more income in that space than in the local church setting but he but he loves both of those yes. um, there's also somebody like Jody that the, the another path is the more of a service-based businesses mm-hmm. like Jody Pastori that uh, that John was mentioning and then what am I leaving out John we've got Man. so many We've yeah. got people in our community, like we've got a pastor that is, uh, has developed software and has a whole business around that. We've got pastors that are uh, just killing it in the real estate arena. We've got a pastor in our community that owns a couple franchise cleaning businesses as, and wow. is getting ready to launch out into a franchise, uh, food, food franchise. Okay. Um, and, and also it is very profitable in the nonprofit space. And I know that sounds like, how can you be profitable in the nonprofit space? But he <laughs> helps raise funds for lots of different nonprofits and, uh, and has carved out a decent salary for himself yeah. through that as well. So, awesome. I mean, we could keep going down the list of guys that are coaching and mm-hmm. authoring and just using what God has given them to create value in the world. And yeah. as a result, create income for their families and their yeah. future. Seems like the easiest <laughs> one to me that to kind of piggyback on what a pastor's already doing is what John Stonge is doing and what you guys are doing. The taking that same content that you're preaching every Sunday, turning that into a podcast and books and courses. And then of course, coaching and masterminds, you know, that's, that's what Tyson's doing. He's got a mastermind group of his own and he does coaching of his own. Um, and it's because pastors are already have, they love, you guys love people. You have a heart for people. You want to help people. That's perfect for a coach right. and perfect for leading a mastermind and accountability groups. Do you guys feel like that's the path? That's one of the, you see that the most in, in your group, as far as kind of that, that info path, coaching path. You know what, Ryan? It's really fun. I, I anticipated that, uh-huh. but that's not what we've seen so really? far. I, again, I, we don't have percentages, but sure. what I've been surprised by is how many people are are looking for something else. And there there are some some different reasons. Maybe that's probably subject for a. I mean, we'll go as deep as you want to go. Sure. But there are some reasons for that. But like in the case for with Jody Pistori, I think is this. Yeah, you had to get his his side of this story, but I think mm-hmm. it's so healthy for him listening to him talk. He lights up when he's talking about church and ministry yeah. and and what God's doing there. But he lights up in a different way when he starts talking about uh, what he's able to do for his employees, for his for yeah. his guys, for his staff, those that yes. come from backgrounds where they just needed sort of a help up. 
and uh-huh. he's he's provided that for them. So he he just lights up in a different way. Or for the we we have other other first responders in addition to John in our uh, community, and they being in those settings and in the marketplace. In addition to just doing some things with your hands and you know that that tent making where you can ministry's re- really never done. Yeah, I mean, it's just not. Right. There are always needs out there. Mm-hmm. Every time you put your head on your pillow at night, it's just a job that's just never completely finished. But I think there's value to be able to do something with your hands, mm-hmm. have a starting point and an ending point and say, you know what? Job well done. Let's move on to the next thing. So yeah, yeah people that are in, in real estate, in, in not in other kinds of nonprofits. It's a big world out there, mm-hmm. Ryan. And so um I think a lot of it is just just leaning into how God gives you and, and the yes. difference that you want to make in the world. Yeah. One thing I would add to that, Ryan, I, I like you kind of thought the same thing that that's that informational based path uh-huh. would probably be the, the one that gets the majority. I've been pleasantly surprised to see the interest spread out like Les is saying over multiple mm-hmm. things, but I want to speak to two different uh, sides of that. I just want to make sure that the pastors that might be listening to this understand um, first of all, there's things that you and I as pastors take for granted, skills that you have. Sometimes we hear from pastors who think, well, man, what could I do? I've, I have a seminary degree and what, what value could I offer in the marketplace? And so I want you to realize the fact that you can speak publicly is a, yes. a gift. The fact that you can write in many cases and you know, teach, like those are things that can be and, and deal the people skills, the conflict resolution, mm-hmm. the leadership stuff. All of that can be a very powerful asset out in the marketplace. Yes. So in some ways, it's a natural thing for pastors to go down that informational path where they're already using some of those gifts. But mm-hmm. like Les was saying, there's also that, uh, I think, that profile of a pastor who says, man, I want to get away from the computer screen and the microphone and the stage, <laughs> right. and I just want to go put on, like in my case, when I go to the fire station, I know uh-huh. that's not really an entrepreneurial thing, but I can just kind of take off the pastor hat as much as is possible and just, I'm not leading anything. I'm not in charge. If you need me to break down a door, just tell me and I'll break it. Like, just tell me what to do. And I can kind of just do something else that's not so uh, intellectually Mm. charged as it is to just work with my hands. So we're kind of seeing both and I think both are valid. Absolutely. Yeah. That's That's why the Jody, Pastor Jody's, uh, you know, service-based path is perfect because if you can mow a lawn, clean a gutter. I mean, that's easy money too. That's quick money. The way wow. Jody talks about it in our entree pastors group that I, um, I was, I did the first two episodes with him for, for his, that module. And then I think John, you, thank you for taking up the slack on that third one when my dad passed, but, um, wow. yeah, he just talks about how quick it, quick and easy. If you can paint, you can go out and buy a bucket and a nice paintbrush and you're in business yeah. and you don't really need to have a lot of you know, there's not hardly any investment. So that's, I understand that would be one that would be popular too. Yeah. How does someone you guys have a really made, good, go ahead. Les, yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, another thing that's made him so effective is that pastors by nature of, again, we're, we're, we have a vision that we're um, collectively gathering a lot of, of, of team around that vision, equipping them, leaning into their spiritual gifts and then giving them an assignment yeah. and then painting a picture, casting the vision, and then equipping them to go and help succeed. It's not that 
that one man, that solopreneur is a pastor that's out there doing all the work. Ephesians 4 says that we're to equip the saints for the work of service. And so just in the case of, of Jody, and there are many, many more, he doesn't physically spend four or five or six hours out there on these job sites looking over people's shoulders right. or or uh, hiring or firing. He spends a few moments in the morning delegating the responsibilities, mm -hmm. giving his teams an assignment, and then they're they're gone. And so it's not something that that's just another strength that many pastors have is that team building and equipping yes. that makes some of this possible. Yeah. He couldn't do all that on his own. He's got such a oh. large team that he couldn't run a, run a church. That's one question I have real quick. Um, and then I want to ask about how do you determine your path? Because um, for somebody that's not a pastor on here, they're thinking, well, how, why is this episode? Why, I mean, how does this episode benefit me? I'm not a pastor. Well, I want to ask about like how you determine that path. What are some of the questions that if I'm a pastor going into your group, I know you guys have a, um, you know, some training or you've done an episode about how to determine which way to go down. But where, how do pastors find time for this? Like, um, you know, like you, you mentioned it right there, Les, that Jody's not out in the field eight hours a day and he, he has a team. So how would you suggest a pastor even find a time to add a side hustle like this? Sure. Well, for one thing is that we just realized that everybody in the whole world is 168 hours in the week. Yeah. And so to, to have a mindset that I just don't have time or I don't have time to do something else if I want to is just not true as we scan you know, look around and, and see many people that are, we, we do, we're just, we're distracted people. And so I'd say, you know, there are, there are ways to take time audits and then get in front of your schedule and, and actually be proactive to take time, even on a, on a Sunday night or a Sunday afternoon, maybe some downtime to plan out your entire week. Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't plan it out, someone else will. And uh, I think what a lot of pastors do because there are so many needs is we, we passively address, um, we have a we have a passive um, attitude toward our schedule just because we don't have to look for things to do. There, mm -hmm. There's plenty to do all the time, right. but if you get, get proactive and and uh, disciplined, show some discipline, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. cut out some of those distractions, whether it's social media or or television or even distracting answering email throughout the day. There there are some ways to triage that time, yeah. and and get on top of it. That's good. Yeah, I thought of a joke when you asked that question about where do you find the time. I was going to say, well, I find mine in the couch cushion. It falls out of people's yes. pockets, and so that's and just obviously, yeah, we don't find the time. This is the counterintuitive part. I love to share with pastors. It's going to sound really, um, like I say, counterintuitive. I think when you when you have some kind of additional identity beyond pastoral ministry, it forces you to be a better steward of your time. And mm -hmm. because like Les said, we all have that 168 hours in the week. Right. And so I actually think it's a good thing when a pastor can't just have limitless time in ministry, because as Les said, ministry will just take all of it and pastors yeah. will make the mistake of just mm -hmm. giving more and more of their 168 hours to ministry until it becomes this all-consuming taskmaster that leads to a really dark place. So I think it's actually healthy for a pastor to say, I have this on my schedule as a pastor. The mm -hmm. calling is 24 seven. It never stops. Right. Um, but then I have these other areas where I block out time on my schedule and take control of those 168 hours. You can get a lot accomplished when you're not just mm -hmm. in reaction mode all the time. So yeah. you, you don't find it. You create it. You, create you manage it. That's it. good. That's good for anybody, no matter yeah. who's listening to mm -hmm. it. 
So, okay. So the pastor that goes into your entree pastors group and like, this is awesome. I'm ready to do something. How do I find my path? You know, what we encourage, and this is, again, will extend far beyond pastors, is yeah. what we encourage people to do is really have some of those self-awareness. There's different tools out there that you can go down, you know, the mm-hmm. spiritual gifts inventory. We love to use the acronym SHAPE. We stole it from Rick Warren, where he talks about my spiritual gifts, my heart, my abilities, my personality, my experiences, that God has worked through all of that to uniquely shape us. And so, yeah we can introduce you to these different pathways of, you know, whether it's the information-based thing or the servant service-based thing or the e-commerce, like we can introduce you to these things. Um, but you're going to find that one or two probably resonates with you more than others. And we encourage mm-hmm. pastors to lean into that. Again, yeah. I think in, in the church, we, there's been this narrative that if you desire it, it must not be of God. Like we should suppress those things. Cause if mm. I want something, God probably wants me somewhere else doing something that makes me miserable. Mm. And that flows out of a very warped view of who God is. Like yeah. we have really helped pastors see that if you are delighting yourself in the Lord and walking with him, yes. you can actually trust the desires in your heart. So yes. I would just say, what do you want? What do you want? Is there something about owning your own business that is out, has you out building something or painting something? If yeah. that lights something up inside of you, it's because God put it there. That's if the right. thought of having your own podcast or YouTube channel or a book of your own is, and, and getting to go speak to stages and, and audiences beyond the four walls of your church, if that lights you up, God probably put that inside of you. So let's lean into yeah. that and just grow in that awareness of who you are who God made you to be, and the path will become evident for you. Absolutely. Yeah, Ryan, I'll give you an example. I recently talked to a man that was, he's in his early 60s. He is very much stuck. He's discouraged, probably even been through some depression. He's talking about doing something else or something uh, in addition to. Mm -hmm. But we start having conversations like this, and, and he'll claim that there's just nothing. You know that there's just nothing that that he would love and or that he could make some significant income from that would mean anything. And he's just listening to the some awful voices, including his own right now. Right. And so I'm just I'm coaching him some and having these conversations. And I just thought I'll just go and just look at his Facebook stuff, social media stuff, just to check it out. Look, this guy, he's very very fit. He knows a lot of people. He he's a fun guy. There are all kinds of pictures of him with a with eight to ten men. They're 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 uh, climbing the Grand Canyon or uh-huh. hiking in the woods or off on these outings. I know of people who would. He doesn't think that that's a skill at all. He thinks that's fun. That's a hobby for him. Yeah. And so he's 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 in the mindset something if if something's not hard, then it's not work. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that it wouldn't yeah. take him long to to go to the people that are in those groups or in those communities or people that they know, because I know that there are people who would pay for an experience like that with another group of men, get away from the phone, get away from a computer, get away from the from people needs mm-hmm. and just do some soul searching on a retreat with some other yes. men. And yep. he could do that. And I, I can't wait to talk to him again because I'm going to tell him that he, yes. if you would list, if you would have him list a hundred things that he could do, that would not be one of them mm. because it's fun to him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Imagine, let me just cast the vision a little further. Let's just take that profile of a person and say, imagine if you could get 10 people to pay you four grand for 
a three-day hike in the Grand Canyon or wherever, and you you guide them, you coach them, you you help them break through to some spiritual insight in their life, yeah. life direction, whatever. If I'm doing my math right, that's 40 grand, is it not? Four, yeah. four, four grand times yeah. 10 people? Like, yeah, not bad. You, you tell me a pastor can't go make that kind of income by serving people, but it's just packaging yeah. it different. It's seeing how, and again, it's taking those things that you might just totally dismiss and go, well, who would yeah. pay for that? That's just my hobby, or that's something that I, I enjoy doing. What if God actually would let you use that skill to serve other people yes. and make a great income while you do it? That's yeah. so good. What about the church? I've, I've talked to this, this asked this question to pastors before because they have a, a struggle here. Um, so much of what they do is for free. So how do you get a pastor over the mindset that like, yeah, I'd love to do that, but I would never charge for it. I'll do that for free. It's I'm a pastor. I, I give so much away. How do you get somebody over the mindset pastor or non-pastor of you, you need to charge for this stuff? Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It is a mindset shift that has to take place. And I'm just very blunt with them about this. Like tell me any other arena where we expect to get a service for free. I mean, you already mentioned it, Ryan. We don't go into a restaurant and expect they're going to serve us and wait on us for free. My my mechanic has never like gotten worried about sending me an invoice right. for the, the service he's provided. My doctor exactly. doesn't seem to freak out to charge me a lot of money for the <laughs> right. great service they provide, right? Yeah. My chiropractor. But all yeah. of a sudden, when we bring it into God's house, when we call it ministry, when, when we bring the pastoral label, there's this expectation that that needs to be for no charge or very yeah. little charge. It's all a mindset thing, man. Yeah. Like it's just a hundred percent. If we change, if we can get pastors to change their thinking, we can get them to change their actions, mm -hmm. which is going to lead to changed results that they're getting in their life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like they're, they're not getting paid for it now. It's just sort of they're on retainer now. Right. Exactly. I mean, if they, they're, we, we were, we were on a coaching call the other day with somebody in our community and he was using language. He, he was talking about money that he would earn in ministry, but then he, he, the language that he used was saying, he, he would say, I feel, I feel badly about doing something with that uh, as opposed to money that I would earn. Mm. And what he meant was, money that he would earn outside of the context of ministry. But, you know, a worker is worthy of his wages. Yes. But it is. And, and another thing is to, to keep in mind that what you what you do for you can do something for one that you choose not to do for all. So those things aren't mutually exclusive. There's still a sense of you. You can you can do something for somebody just out of a heart of generosity. We all have that happened to us. And so, so give it away if you want to, but yeah. it doesn't mean that you have to. Right. And certainly not everybody is in the same state. Not everybody's sure. in the same place. Yeah. I want to, I want to share just a quick story and I'll try and make this very brief, but to help illustrate this for you, Ryan, and for your listeners, um, this past week, I had an opportunity to have, I had a conversation with one of my coaching clients and I'm going to say numbers here just so pastors can see this and get this. I have a coaching client. He's not a pastor. Honestly, I don't think he's a believer yet. Um, he's paying me $500 a month for two 60-minute coaching sessions. Now, generally, our coaching is around the subject of he wants to launch a podcast in the space of helping people overcome trauma because of his story. And um, and so I've been helping coaching him in that way of how do you build an audience and launch a podcast and all of this. Yeah. This past week when we got on the call, I said, Hey, how can I serve you today? And he, he said, can I ask you a parenting question? 
And for the next 60 minutes, I just walked this guy through some foundational truths from God's word about parenting and specifically some discipline stuff. He's got a four-year-old that he thinks is needs all these psychological labels. I'm like, no, you got a normal four-year-old who's been hardwired to sin against God's authority in his life. And that's you dad. Um, And so this is how we deal with that. (laughs) And I would just challenge the pastors out there. Can you imagine having someone in your church say, pastor, can I pay you 250 bucks for 60 minutes to to talk to me about biblical discipline? Mm -hmm. And it's just packaging it different. And it's understanding that you have value to offer. And I'm not saying you should charge all your parishioners 250 bucks an hour. Don't hear that. What I'm, I want you to hear is that is ministry. Like I'm still yes. pastoring people. I'm still sharing the gospel with people. And by the way, here's where free comes. As, a, as an extension of that, I, just out of the goodness of my heart, I offered to meet with this guy. And literally today, later today, I'm sitting down with him and his wife on Zoom, and I'm just going to go deeper into this. Now, I fully yes. believe eventually I'm going to get to see these people accept Christ as their mm. Savior. I'm excited about that. Yes. It's ministry. I'm not going to send them an invoice for that. I have the ability, because of the margin and the overflow, to say, you know what, let me jump on another call with you, and I'll just, yes. I'm will just i just going to serve you out of that. But yeah. I want pastors to hear that, that there's a lot of cool things possible when yes. you start thinking more entrepreneurially and not just this one track of what we've been told ministry Absolutely. is. Wow. The other thing, the piece of this is that I've given away stuff for free courses and people don't do anything with it, but when they exchange money for it, their hard earned dollars, suddenly yeah. they take it seriously and they take action yeah. on it. So That's you're true. doing them a disservice. If you give it all, it doesn't mean you can't be a blessing and, and give something away for free once in a while when you feel led to do that. But you just, you are doing them a disservice if it's always free all the time. You, you've got to charge because that's when people take it seriously and we'll, we'll put it into action and do what yep. you know they need to do. That's wow. right. That's cool. Right. What other advice you guys got? Just an encouragement for pastors or anybody that's thinking about jumping into business or just anything else on your heart that you want to share? Well, we do have a couple of ways to help people that's interested. So, um, John, you want to talk about the yeah, I want to ask you about how they, get to, how they get on your list, how they get your download, how they can find you for your, the, the group and the podcast and all that. Absolutely. If you want to find us online, our website is entrepastors.com. The name of our podcast is simply Entree Pastors, so you can subscribe to that. We do have a free uh, get started guide for anybody that's like, man, I'm I'm interested, I'm intrigued, I just don't even know where to begin. If you go to entrepastors.com slash start, you can download our free get started guide. And we've give in, in addition to kind of walking you through some of those self-awareness uh, steps, we also offer like I think well over 50 just practical ideas of here's some things you could do to get started in some kind of entrepreneurial business of your own. So there's a lot of different options on there, a lot of creative things. And we're just scratching the surface with that too. By no means is that an exhaustive um, you know, list, but it'll get you started. And then you know, through our website, you can find access to our community, our mastermind, if you really want to go deep and walk with some pastors on this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got multiple layers and levels to serve pastors at whatever point they are along their path. So we'd love to serve your pastors in any way that we can. Love it. Yeah, two of the roadblocks that seem to hold people up, Ryan, are people that just are overwhelmed with the, mm-hmm. even the thought and don't know where to start. Yeah. And then not being around people who really get it. Yeah. 
and we can help there with, with the get started guide that, that John mentioned or a conversation or two just to help somebody kind of walk them through and then uh, having conversations mm-hmm. with with guys with and, and women in our community as well that are yeah. really getting it done. It's not theory. Right. You know, it's not, it's not academic. It's not the classroom. Right. It's really out there where the rubber meets the road, getting it done. Yes, absolutely. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. Let me know when you want to come back and chat more. This has been fun. I enjoy this. Thank you for what you're doing for pastors. I have a heart for them too, obviously, as you guys know, and I just want to help any way I can. So God bless you for what you're doing. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate it. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.